So Bill, you'll notice on the order of worship I gave you that like for like prayer time and stuff, we'll be we've been playing some light music in the background. Yeah, band can be on, but band can be down just a little bit. I play really lightly, but if we don't turn it down, I have to play as light as I can. <laughs> so and then during communion, Kristen will be playing keyboards as well. We can we can have the band down a little bit for that too, as long as it just comes back up for the closing song. Good morning, good morning everyone. Welcome to the Contemporary Service. We're so excited that you're joining us for worship this morning. If you're joining us online, hello and welcome online. Give us a hello in the chat so we know you're you're with us. If you did pick up an action card on your way in, we invite you to fill that out during the service, during communion. We'll have you bring it forward as part of the offering. We'd love to know who you are and if you're interested in getting involved in anything, there's information on that card for you. Here in the Contemporary Service, we love to start off with worship through song. Why don't you stand and join us as we sing together? Mm-hmm. 
sing that again. I called. I called. You answered. And you came to my rescue and I want to be where you pray together. Father God, as we come before you this morning, we are just so thankful for the opportunity to worship together, to lift one voice to you in praise. We ask that you fill this place, you fill this place with your presence, with your love, with your grace, that our worship would be a sweet sound in your ears. We thank you, God, for this opportunity this morning, and we ask that we would take the energy that we gain here and take it out into the world making a difference, making the world more and more like your kingdom. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing this together. Eternal God. Eternal God, unchanging, mysterious and unknown. Your boundless love, unfailing, in grace and mercy shown. Bring seraphim in ceaseless flight around your glorious throne. They raise their voices day and night in praise to you alone. Hallelujah, glory be to 
the peace of Christ to those around you. Welcome to Contemporary Worship. We are so glad to worship with you today. I am Pastor Jill, and here at Contemporary Worship, our hope is to have an authentic experience with God and one another, a place where all are welcome. So we are so glad that you are here this morning. Will you please join me in our call to worship as we continue together? Is it going to be? There we go. Coming. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We praise you today, O God, for the gift of touch. May we touch one another's lives with your unending grace as we worship in spirit and truth. Amen. Let's take a time of prayer together. We'll start a few moments in silence, followed by a pastoral prayer, and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. During this time, I invite you to lift up the joys, concerns, or anything that you'd like to lift to God this morning. Let us pray. Holy God, we come to you this morning in the midst of our busy lives. We come from busy jobs, families, friends, school. We come from lives where we are taking care of others or perhaps needing extra care in this moment. Lord, today we continue our series of a family of faith as we're talking about we're back we're back to a lot of the things that we missed as covid continued to rage on and lord today we are celebrating the gift of touch and so god we ask now for your spirit to be upon us and touch our lives that we may be empowered to in turn touch the lives of others Lord, we know there are so many, are so many situations and people right here in our community and around the world who are hurting. So we lift up those names, situations, as we pray, as we ask for your healing. Lord, we pray for those among us who are perhaps grieving 
You are seeking a time of the unknown. You are in a time of transition. For those who are recovering from surgery or an illness or those facing one, we pray for the gift of new life. We thank you for new opportunities. And Lord, we are mindful that we live in a world that is so uncertain. Today, many of us are turning on the news about the stories coming from Afghanistan of war-raged countries, of Haiti suffering from another earthquake, of COVID that continues on invoking more fear in us. We need you, God, now more than ever. We need your touch. So open our hearts and our lives to your presence that we know we are not alone and that we leave this place confident enough to go out into the world to extend our hand and heal as Jesus does. We give you thanks for all of this and so much more that we lifted to ourselves as we pray the prayer together that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
or medication would have cured whatever gynecological issue this woman was suffering from. But 2,000 years ago, women like this suffered in silence and shame. The list of restrictions in Torah law for a bleeding woman was long and tedious, and it was meant to turn her into an outcast. To be labeled as unclean was to be unwelcome and unwanted. Everything she touched or sat on or slept in or wore was also unclean. And if any person touched her or anything she had touched, they too were unclean and would have to go through a ritual cleansing. So she was isolated with no community around her, no support, no one to lean on. And not only that, she would have been seen as deserving of her illness for her supposedly sinful life. Because in first century, the sin and disease would go hand in hand. So to sum it up, she probably hadn't been touched in years. Twelve years of being unclean. Twelve years of no house guests or public events or no potluck dinners. Twelve years of no spouse Perhaps no children or no visits from family. Twelve years of never being touched by anyone, ever. She was desperate. She had nothing left. She was financially, emotionally, and physically drained. Luke tells us himself that no one could heal her. And she couldn't even go to the temple to pray to God for help because she couldn't go into the temple by law. But then... There's Jesus. Through Jesus, God solved the problem. He came out of the temple and into the streets where she could approach him one-on-one. Now, some scholars believe that she traveled almost 30 miles on foot from Caesarea Philippi to Capernaum just to seek out Jesus. And what faith and courage, especially for a woman who probably traveled alone, and two was very sick. Just think of the courage it took for her to be among the crowd, let alone touch the robe of Jesus. To even touch his clothes would be breaking that cleanliness law and risk making Jesus himself unclean. Now, too often, this woman has been labeled in our Bibles as the woman with the issue of blood. Now, I wouldn't want that label, would you? Right? So let's rename her today, instead, as the woman who touched Jesus. Now, if you search for this image online, there are many images of this woman. I liked this one the best because it shows her determination, her courage, and desperation as she reaches out to him. So with a humble spirit and a frail body, she touches him with the only thing she has left. And that was her faith. And it is really her courage and the gift of touch through her faith that makes her well. Even though she cannot be touched or touch anyone after all that time, it is touch that ends up making her well. It is the courage it took for her to reach out and touch the hem of Jesus' clothes that saves her. Of course, when Jesus realizes he has been touched, she falls before him, probably afraid, probably feeling ashamed. But then Jesus calls her daughter. Daughter. This is the only gospel account where Jesus addresses a woman as daughter. An endearing title, a personal one, and one of belovedness and belonging. So with this affirmation from Jesus, she is made well and restored to community with this title. She is empowered then to take up the rest of her life. She is saved from shame, isolation, and pain. She's accepted back into the community. She is restored to life. An insider article from June of 2020, which was right in the middle of that COVID pandemic quarantine time that we all remember so well, this article explains that people are experiencing what the author calls skin hunger. Skin hunger. 
after weeks and months without touching anyone. This term describes the physical and mental health consequences caused by a lack of human touch. So this would include higher stress levels, a weakened immune system, and poor sleep. The need to touch others makes us human. We are born. We are 100% dependent on caregivers to clothe us, to feed us, to bathe us, to hold us, to comfort us. All of those activities require touch. If we're not touched enough as babies, our bodies grow too slowly, our brains don't fully develop, and our immune systems struggle. We never grow out of that need to be touched by others either. The woman from today's text was without a doubt suffering from extreme skin hunger. And I imagine that many of us at one time in our lives have suffered from skin hunger as well. I believe that we have to give the woman who touched Jesus credit for knowing exactly what she needed and the courage it took to get it. Because many of us go throughout our lives not realizing what we hunger for and what we need as far as the ways that we feel seen and loved. Dr. Gary Chapman is a well-known marriage counselor and director of marriage seminars. As an author and speaker and counselor, he has a passion for helping people have form, or form and have long-lasting and healthy relationships. Now, he's most well-known for the five love languages. Anyone familiar? Yes, if you don't know yours, you can take a quiz online and find out, because I think it's really good to know. It's good for your own well-being as well as knowing how you are best seen and loved and you can love others in return. But Dr. Chapman believes in these five love languages that each person has one or two predominant ways that we give and receive love. So here they are. There's words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, physical touch, and receiving gifts. So as you can see, physical touch is one of the five. You think you can pick out which one or two is yours? Think about it for a minute. And if you have no idea, please take a quiz. You won't be sorry. So perhaps you can see, though, how all of them affect the way that we live and love and are in relationship with other people. But if physical touch falls lower on the list for you, consider the ways that you may feel challenged to give or receive touch in healthy and spiritual ways that lead to healing and restoration for you as well as others. When I was in South Africa years ago with a group of clergy colleagues, we traveled to an AIDS hospice run by Catholic Bishop Kevin Dowling. Bishop Dowling is a well-known person, a leader, for his unwavering prophetic stand, an option for the poor. He made headlines during that initial AIDS crisis for going against the Roman Catholic stance on condom use and advocating for that as for a means of prevention. So many in the church believed that he should be stripped of his credentials for this. Yet he fought for justice and health for those who were most at risk. When our group visited him, as well as the patients at the AIDS hospice, we just knew we were in the presence of a holy person. As we left, he offered to bless each one of us. Do we have pictures of that? I believe we do. I sent them anyway. Yes, here's our group with Bishop Dowling in the middle with the white shirt. This was our clergy group. And then uh, a picture of him blessing my colleague, uh, Reverend Kathleen. So as we were leaving, he offered to bless each one of us. So one by one, we stepped up to him as he laid his hands upon our heads for a blessing and a prayer. What a powerful moment it was. It was a holy reminder for each one of us about the importance of touch. Because our hands are used to bless, to encourage, to strengthen, to 
transform and restore to wholeness. I had underestimated that gift until I was in the presence of this person who had healed so many, who has been a strength to the sick and dying, and who offered peace to hurting people all around the world. Just a simple touch of blessing was enough for a group of weary pastors to continue the hard work of ministry for the next season of our lives. And what a gift it was. And for two newborn baby girls years ago, born in Germany, the gift of human touch was literally a lifesaver. We're going to take a look at their story. Human touch changed my family's life. And although not all of us can touch right now, it was at one time our salvation. This is our story. Sixteen years ago, my twin sister and I were born. Nine weeks too early. My sister had a hole in her heart and could not breathe by herself. My parents were desperate. The doctors were helpless. She became so weak, it seemed all hope was lost. But then, a nurse had the idea to put my sister next to me in the incubator. Although, of course, I can't remember it, I touched and held her. And right after that, she got stronger. I survived because of my sister's touch. these brave young women and the woman who touched Jesus find comfort and healing and wholeness in that gift of human touch. May we, like the woman who touched Jesus, find the courage to reach out that we may be restored to wholeness, to new life, and a sense of belonging. Because we need it now probably more than ever. Today, as we have communion, Pastor Matt will lead us through that in just a moment. When you come forward, you'll have the opportunity, as usual, of course, to pray along the railing, to light a candle if you like, spend time in prayer, receive communion. And I'll be off to the side today to offer an anointing. I have anointing oil here. I'd be happy to simply bless you and anoint you, pray for you, whatever you would like to, as we continue to lift up the gift of touch. I love the story of the Last Supper because the imagery we get in the book of John is that they're sitting around a table and John writes, the disciple that Jesus loved was leaning up against him. Now, we, we know from a scholarly standpoint, the disciple Jesus loved was John, the author. <laughs> but I'd like to think that they were all the disciples that Jesus loved. But they're sitting around a table, and John is literally like laying on Jesus. Jesus was not this two feet off the ground, aura around him savior. He was a person that you could lay on and touch and be with. And we have an opportunity to experience that within the act of communion, to be held in the arms of a savior here in the methodist church we believe in an open table which means you don't have to be a member of this church or any church to come and join us for communion the only thing we ask is that you desire a deeper relationship with god and as we come to the table today we remember 
we remember that as they sat around that table, lounging on each other, that Jesus took bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his friends and he said, eat all of you. This is my body, which is for you. And after supper, he took a cup and he blessed it and he gave it to his friends. And he said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you for giving us touch in our very being making us created to be a community of people who come together. Different gifts, different ages, different genders, different skill colors, different everything, but united under one head of Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, as we approach the table today, we just ask that you would just remind us that we serve a Savior who touched people, who touched everyone, the, the especially the unclean, who reached out to lepers that everyone would shy away from, who reached out to the lame and the sick who everyone else would shy away from. And he's reaching out to us this morning. God, we ask that you bless these gifts of food and drink to be for us the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As you approach the altar today, you're welcome to drop an offering into the basket, your action card. You can take a communion cup. If you'd like to bring it back to your seat, that's fine. If you'd like to come and light a candle at the altar rail, please do so. Take your time. There's no rush. If you want to sit in your seat for a while and prepare, go right ahead. As Jill said, she'll be off to the side if you'd like to be anointed with oil or prayed over. Come. <laughs>
you stand and join us as we close in worship today? all know this song. I know you know this song. I think most of you, if you've been a Methodist any part of your life, you know this song. Here at Contemporary Worship, we mix it up just a little bit. I want to teach you this part here. Right at the end of the chorus, we're going to do something a little bit different. Instead of just how great thou art, we're going to tag this little part on that says how great you are. It sounds like this, so you, so you know it's coming. It sounds like this. How great you are. How coming so you can sing it out as loud as you can. Like I said, if you've been a Methodist any part of your life, you know this song. I want to hear you guys from up here. Sing it out. Here we go. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider stars I hear the rolling thunder 
are so thankful you joined us today. We pray that as you leave this place, you would be blessed within your bubble as COVID continues to rage by the gift of touch and that you would be able to bless others with the same. Go in peace.